Leads, leads, leads. What is happening? Welcome to Working Hours, a show about a place called Leeds, a time called now, and an activity called work. Working Hours wants to record 1,000 lawyers over the course of this, the most important decade in the history of the human species, and ask them about what they do all day and hear how they feel about it. My mission is to try to map out what my city, Leeds, a city that has declared a climate emergency, is doing during humanity's biggest emergency. On working hours, we hear how loiners have, are and will be coping with our multiple crises. The global pandemic, Brexit and of course the ongoing and accelerating collapsing of capitalism, the state and the climate through this decade. To do this I need people, people like you dear listener. Most of all I need people who are in Leeds or who are from Leeds to come on this show and be my guests. So please join me and help me with this mission whenever and however you can. Critically I will need people like you dear listener as financial backers. Please consider supporting or donating to this project. You can do so with a £1 monthly donation via either Patreon or Ko-fi, or you could donate any one-off amount to Working Hours via either Ko-fi or through the LibrePay button on the About page of Western Studios' website. Thank you. My name is Simon, and this is all my fault. What did you want to be when you grew up? Um... And that's one of those questions you always ask kids. And I don't know, when you're young, you always, I don't know, you want to do something really exciting or dangerous or something like that. Um, um, but I've never really sort of had a you know massive hankering after uh, a vocation as such, you know, to a doctor or anything like that. I think um, at one stage I was very into athletics and running, so possibly mm. to be, uh, you know, a, a an athlete at some stage sort of around the time of you know Steve uh, Ovette and mm. and Carl and people like that and, and mm. you know, used to do a lot of club running but then you know uh, people weren't professional in those days and you know you, you've got to you've got to have a new crust so you know it, it was a tricky one really I suppose not really having a, a burning desire to you know go do something um, like a lot of people say I always went to this um, never really had a burning desire to you know be, uh, I don't, as you say, like a doctor, or people often say that, you know, oh, yeah. astronaut yeah. or a train driver. You know, I was even enough to remember them landing on the moon and stuff. And yes, mm. sort of, uh, it's like sci fi. You know, where's my jetpack? You know, <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, we're still waiting for that. You're listening to Series 3, Episode 35, and to my guest, Richard Clarkson. This is another Zoom interview recorded on the 10th of August, 2022. Hello, loves. Have you taken your joy? How have we all been enjoying our two-digit temperatures in Leeds in November? Don't worry, I'm not going to go on about it too much and bring you down with reality. I will be back at the end of this episode, though, to beg for money. Richard Clarkson is a finance systems director who, at the time of recording, was five months into transitioning through to retirement and only working one day a week on a consultancy basis. Prior to that, Richard was responsible for the financial systems of National World PLC, the owner of Yorkshire Post and a large number of other media brands in the UK. Richard has worked for National World and its predecessor companies for 25 years, initially on group finance and then in IT for the last dozen years or so. 
On this episode, my sound is crap. There's one interview coming up where my mic isn't even working on it. And I'm going to have to dub in all of my questions on that one. I'm holding the mic again on this interview. Apologies for the random noises. There's a break in there somewhere too for a few seconds where I think I lost the call, but I can't remember what happened and I can't be bothered looking it up. I'm annoyed about the audio quality of some of the interviews coming up, but it's easy for me to forget the conditions I have had to record this show in during the last few years. I really do think that the heat this year has also affected some recordings. It's odd because I know things will only get worse in the world. At the same time, I'm desperate for growth. Also, apologies if you follow me on Twitter. Just, yeah, I know, I'm working on it. I want to apologise too for being so pass ag on some of the show's intros and I want to start taking that out. I still can't work out how I want to humanise the machine of the intros. I don't want to be too corporate, but I don't want to be too much of an arse either as I don't want to put too many people or businesses off being on the show. I am making and will continue to make lots of mistakes. Please bear with me. Speaking of coming on the show, please do. I'm still working on things. Some of the time I've been not putting together and putting out episodes. And if all the next few recordings go ahead, then I will have passed 50 interviews recorded for 2022. That's huge for me, given the first two years, and if I can get all 50 of them out, well, wow, I'll be impressed. I will need people next year, though. Please, especially if you disagree with me or feel that you're not or have not been represented on here, then please, please come on the show. I'm not trying to catch anyone out, and I do want to hear all Loiner's experiences. To fix everything, we need everyone, and when everything goes, you might be all I have left. But I'm not getting into that now. Now let's get on with this episode of Working Hours with Richard Clarkson. What is it that you do now then? Um, I'm sort of uh, semi-retired, so um, yeah, I'm working part-time, um, mm-hmm. one day a week essentially on the consultancy for a transition, so mm-hmm. as of uh, the end of Feb, I didn't quite remember the keyboard, but um, yeah, sort of that's when I start working full-time work a day a week um, mm. on a consultancy, just sort of answering questions and, and helping with the uh, person took over, you know, transition into the role and passing on my experience and how would you do this and how did we do that? So it's two sort of different situations. So, you know, mm. things that you haven't had to train them in, um, you know, this is another advice on, on, how to do new things mm-hmm. with my experience from, from, from the job. Okay. So how did you get into it? How did I get into it? Um, in in uh, sort of roundabout way in that I um, trained some accountants and then worked for a chartered accountancy firm, a couple of the big firms, and then moved out into industry and then worked in finance for um, that company. And then was the second day on quite a lot of um, uh, finance IT projects, you know, for whether updating and getting new uh, finance systems, and then fully transitioned over into the IT department as mm. looking after all of the, the financial systems for the company. Mm. So um, did you come straight out of school then into accountancy training? Or no, you- I went down to, um, so I brought up in in. Um, a place, a small place in Cumbria. Um, the reason I would have heard of it is for the big gypsy fair they have there. 
Mm. And I uh, came down to uh, Leeds uh, University a long time ago, and then then got a job in Leeds after that. So, and then the move into IT was that like just various training that came up, or was that just something that became um, more of your role? Or yeah, uh, well, I'd done some sort of um, or IT auditing, um, mm-hmm. you know. So to um, by the time I was trying to be an accountant, you know, it, it was 80, so um, it was a big transition. You know, most companies by that stage had at least the first sort of, you know, and the larger companies were, had already got IT systems. Um, so to be able to audit them properly, you know, um, you, you would pass the audit functions you need to understand, you know, and audit the actual systems, you know, to make sure they're reliable and capable of holding and producing accurate um records and accounts mm-hmm. so you had to learn about uh, computer systems there and then some specialist it audit training mm-hmm. and then it was either was you know once in the enroll in finance then sort of doing a lot of developments to to try and get the most and develop systems we've got um mm-hmm. and you know what were what were the changing business requirements you know specking out what business requirements you wanted Mm. the systems you know other functionality you needed to cope with and then working with vendors and then uh, suggesting enhancements and then fully getting into um, working with, with the IT team so you were always quite sort of involved yes yes I always yeah. sort of found them interesting and you know um, like everyone you know uh, and it's sort of a, it's a different you know that now everybody all the time is you know worse IT support everything really you know mm-hmm. there's, there's nothing that doesn't work in IT and so mm-hmm. it's it, it been quite a big change of my work career really you know mm-hmm. and the one of the odd companies that still um, had manual ledgers and, you know but fundamentals of how accountancy works you know you've got to understand that as well as how computers work really. Cool um, okay so if we go into a little bit more then about what you're doing now You'll remind me again of the name of the company because I had a look at the, the website this morning. Yeah. The, I was looking the, at the sort of goals and aims of the company and it looks quite interesting. Yeah, the, the uh, company's called um, National World PLC mm-hmm. who own a lot of media brands. They bought, well, it's been a bit of a, since I've worked for the company, it's been, you know, five different ownerships. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, the, what they would call the, the legacy brands, but, but probably are, Still um, important, which you learn from from Leeds, obviously, basis is the Yorkshire Post and the Evening mm-hmm. Post, mm-hmm. and they own you know a lot of big legacy, you know, traditional papers in in big cities like the Sheffield Star, Portsmouth News, um, mm-hmm. the Scotsman, uh, Lancashire Evening Post. Um, but they've now um, each one of those has got their own um, websites and mm-hmm. you know social media feeds, but they've also added to that a national brand called National World um, mm. and expanding to some other areas with, with other city worlds and, um, you know, obviously ultimately things will be entirely web-based rather than the legacy papers, you know. Mm. So I don't really see those problems ever sort of dying off, you know, there's so much heritage and things in there, you know, particularly like Yorkshire Post, you know. Mm. Most people in Yorkshire will have heard of that, you know. Mm. Yeah. Um, maybe not quite so much now, the evening post, perhaps. Mm. 
Yeah, gone are the days of the post sellers in town screaming in the evening. Yeah, yeah, I remember those and the uh the you know, the sporting pink and the green green and Sheffield when you come out of the game and people would be selling those. Yeah, when you got back to the station, you know, the sports papers and what. So um I mean the they're looking on their site of like very much at developing local media in a digital way. Um so because obviously you know the the experience of digital has kind of totally decimated the print press industry there are spaces for you know print media still people still like to have a physical copy of of something mm. um yeah yeah so what's 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 kind of the the focus and the strategy and what's your what's your part in it i mean you know are you doing a more kind of advisory position of like this is how we handled this and this is how we handled this change or no in, in, in my specific role was more in you know in in a support function so um right. i am the um the financial assistance for for finance mm-hmm. uh, but um so not so much on, on the publishing side at all really or or that side of thing so mm-hmm. You know, some of the mundane stuff like the you know the payroll and the actual accounting system itself making sure everyone got paid expenses um making sure that people we build all the people who advertise with us and making sure they uh, paid the bills on time so, you know, so that was this is what's after and the news agents and go match the copies make sure that they were all billed and we again got paid for those but you know i wanted to with the interesting things that sort of like reporting systems you know um and you know bi systems um you know things like that and also with all the quite a lot of the as i said uh, you know the last few years have been sort of five different change of ownerships you know some of the latter ones were mm-hmm. having to do, cope with that you know how to, different changes in reporting what different emphasis of reporting and then mm-hmm. um, different sets of books different integrations so mm-hmm. um, yeah a, a lot of work but not quite so much on on the sort of company strategy or publishing strategy although mm. obviously the senior in the past have been on a lot of sort of well you know senior management teams you know a level down where where you would yeah. go and listen to what they're saying and, and try and um make sure that all your teams and things were engaged and informed of, of what the company was trying to do yeah and then just the implementation and the, yeah um, yeah okay so let's uh let's move on to some questions then so if I'll, I'll start off with covid uh so i want to take you back to just before we we did lockdown um and sort of think about were you doing more work less work at the time um yeah were you, you able to sort of were you furloughed or like how did it no, go for you no um well that was it, it was a again it was a busy time for us in that um we'd had to um, essentially work to mobilize all our staff mm-hmm. so um in the we're looking in it that there weren't anybody who, who was followed and in the um the teams that were supported you know my team particularly supporting the finance there were there were not many were followed i would say most were still working so you know because obviously the people were left we need to to pay them and we had to make sure they put cash in to to keep going etc so mm. you look at the profitability and trends and make sure how the business was performing which 
know, has to come from the financial system. So we're looking in our major systems were accessible through um, remotely. So we had um, we had, we sort of knew this was coming and had to get the the rest of the systems available to be you know so we could log onto them from home and then had to um, make sure that everyone was. Uh, equipped with with laptops and all that sort of stuff, and you know, um, and then put together training guides and uh, talk them through it and show them, and, and then yeah, do that remotely as well. Yeah, yeah, and check. And to a certain extent, it's yeah, it went remarkably smoothly. Really, we had one or two sort of teething issues. More people getting used to working from home. Um, it's a different sort of way of working. Um, in, I don't know if you interview many IT people, but you know, um, it, it meant that people had to, to a certain extent, follow the procedures that, that we want them to do. So, um, you know, we have help desks, and you big when you're in the office, it's far. <laughs> Sometimes it's easy enough to come around and stand by a desk and say, "Can you help me with this?" or "Can you come around and sort this for me?" Whereas, clearly, if you're working from home, they can't. So, mm. everyone has to, you know. Much more compliance with plugging tickets and you know the team then working through those and, and helping people and, you know looking onto their laptops and you know taking charge and talking through what they need to do and what have you or mm-hmm. video conferences so you know mm-hmm. um, but surprisingly it all went pretty smoothly really. Um, was it a big increase in volume of work for you though initially? At the, the it, it was yeah it was a big sort of effort to get everyone. Um, able to work from home and get them all settled in, tested, and you know, distribute out uh, or, or laptops, or get them to you know be able to take their stuff from home, and get it all tested and working. Um, mm. But but you know, once it, once we're in, it, it sort of works. I mean, mm. then and then it's done, and then it's there now. Yes, yes, yeah. and I think um, of my team, we obviously then. Gave them the choice. Um, I think all of my sort of team or ex team really uh, have, uh, have actually stayed um, working from home, working about. I mean, how did you feel about Had you worked from home before? Um, like, was it a big change for you? Uh, yes, yeah, it, it, it was. It was a big, big change in, in that um, I hadn't always been into the office, if that's the right word. Although, lastly, um, one of the, um, in my role, one of the things was to actually um, centralise a lot of the IT systems. We had a lot mm. of, um, and consolidate them all. So mm. had spent, you know, long periods working in different company offices. Um, mm. So it was different working, you know, from home, uh, you know. Mm. I mean, particularly in Leeds, in in. Um, don't know where I'm about to best, but you know, I personally live in North Leeds and mm. with students and, and um, term time when the kids are back at school, you know, it can mm. take, um, you know, 45 minutes an hour to, to get through over the ring road to Headingley and mm. across the snow down Whitehall Road. So by the time you, you know, in to avoid the traffic, getting up and going in early, and then mm. by the time you get back at night, you know, half six, seven, by the time mm. you get back home, if you go to work late. So you know, you've got an hour and a half, two hours of your life back, really. Um, mm. You know, so yeah. that's a, a day. Yeah. <laughs> it's a huge thing, you know. Um, you know, the traffic it leads, it is quite 
parachute grooming. Uh, you know, from mm. certain areas of commuting, um, mm. and that was a big change. You know, yeah, you're not going to work. You know, not a clock watch. You don't turn your computer on at nine and half five. But even if you don't, you know, you've an hour and a half to sort of play with. Um, mm. So it's a, it's a it was a big big change and you know big change in balance and and. I think it was the same for a lot of my stuff. So, you know, some commuting from Wakefield and Harrogate and things like this. So, mm-hmm. you know, with the, the, they sort of played fair. And, you know, you know, as I say, I don't need the clock on that. I off five. So I'm quite lucky in that respect, you know, in, in that, you know, they've made big savings and changes to their life um, as I had. So, yeah. Um, and I don't think they'll ever go back, really. I think there's a lot of pressure for people to go back in. But, I think you know, for a company level, like a lot of companies, they've they support it in you know, as long as people can actually do the work and are as productive, you know, they make massive savings on office space, you know, mm-hmm. um, and less more motivated, less tired staff, you know, and there's a lot of things for it. But you know, there are downsides. Obviously, in um, you don't have that face to face contact. Mm-hmm. Meetings are all slightly different. You don't. In the past, you'd be in the office and someone would just sort of, oh, I've got a problem with this, or you'd mm. you say, oh, we had that a month ago, and this was how you solved it, whereas it gets a raise that, you know, we have chats, video calls, those sort of ways, you know, mm. online chats and things. And, mm. you know, have you gone down the Teams route? We're a Google house, so it's sort of got mm. some chats and whatever, mm. yeah, meet, mm. whatever, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, so did you manage to, like, did you have a space separate or was it kind of like working in your kitchen or um i was lucky i did i did have a um a spare room although we had the house done um so it was a bit of a struggle while having all the builders in but uh um but as you say yeah i've got a home office now so the kids mm. yeah mm. Uh, in summer, kids home so yeah just have to mm. share it and you, were you pretty good at sort of keeping the distinction between your work time and your your free time, or did you kind of did you find you were doing more or extra hours? Or it, it was it was difficult. In, in as I said, I think we we weren't covering the timeline of it, but I think we probably had some. Mm. We were either just taken over or had just been taken over by National Will during that. So so I was particularly busy and a lot of changes and new things mm. to do. Um, during that, well, probably no more so than before. You know, I think there's certain things you, you've got to do, and there's a monthly cycle, and you, you've got certain tasks that you have to do, and the rest are. Um, we've always had working there, have your sort of projects and things to do. Um, mm. We, one of the things while we're off, you know, we did achieve quite a lot. You know, as I said, we were taking over by National World, we integrated into them new ways of reporting. To change banks, and um, we had to change our credit card provider who takes all our credit card payments. So we had to do that, you know, working from mm. home. And so, you know, some big stuff to do, mm. which, you know, went pretty smoothly and must get it done. So, yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And like in terms of revenue and so on, was like, how was your your kind of market at the time? Was it, were you in quite worrying territory or was it sort um, of steady or did it go up or? No, it went, went down um, massively, um, mm. a big drop. Big amounts of, of, of um, the income was from entertainments and what's on and features. Mm. That was yeah. one thing. So, um, you know, so shops, they were advertising, mm. pubs, clubs, all, all those sort of things. And mm. 
there's an awful lot of sort of SMEs. Um, so um, hairdressers, nail bars, well, you know, there's just mm. general services and we weren't doing. Um, so, yeah, big, big drop. Um, and people weren't traveling. So, mm. although circulation is yeah, probably about a third of the revenue, so they dropped, you know, so mm. um, people weren't buying a paper on the way to work or on the way home from, you know, so. Mm. So, uh, I mean, is it kind of picked up, recovered now? Is things... Um, It's higher than it was, but not back to... um, Like pre-pandemic. Yeah. 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 So, I I mean, obviously, you've now got a home office. So part of the the question as well is like, you know, how how has it changed the work for you? But I mean, that's largely just sort of... Is it just... Is it just largely the working from home element? So has it changed other things? Um, not, not particularly in, in my particular function. No, it's, mm. it's, it's the same. But um, that's changed in that you know, supporting, supporting the same customers, in mm. internal customers. But they, again, are all at home, and it's um, in a certain way they are all having to work in the same way because that's the way you have to work to get onto the systems that way. So mm. um, some of the other issues we used to have. Um, I've gone away, but you just get new ones, really. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, not not particularly in our way, no. So, since we have Brexited, has there been any change in your work in your role? No, not specifically to do with mm. with that. In that, um, all, all the papers are um, in the UK. Um, I think. Donny's had some slight complications with with unspecs in Northern Ireland, um, which there was restrictions as to what you could or couldn't send over there. Um, but it was more sort of IT equipment that so you couldn't take laptops across things like this because of the potential for them to go across border. And anecdotally, a good friends of one of the managers over there, and he had issues about his service in his car because it was on the UK and taking it across and getting it. Um, do it. So I think you had to drive it across and then get it repaired in Glasgow and drive it back really as soon as it was awkward to get done. But no, generally not any big problems. Right, we'll do the climate change question. So, um, yeah, I use climate change to kind of stand in for kind of wider environmental problems as well. But, yeah, in your work, in your role, and maybe across your career as well, I mean, it might have been different at different times is there anything you can do in your work uh in terms of mitigation adaptation and so on uh with regards to climate change <laughs> no not particularly in you know it's obviously in um I don't think as uh, tangentially as it sort of um stop people it, it, I think in uh, in the old days it's People have habits, but, you know, people used to, I guess, print off reams and reams and reams of reports and, mm. you know, a little concertina paper and they'd have all the, you know, they'd run a report of all the debtors and have it on paper and every month the people used to have management meetings and you'd have it, they'd have print off mm. copies of every report and then hand them around to everyone who attended to the meeting. Um mm. Now they just have a laptop and you can just look at the reports on there and, you know, media sort of thing and just email them around. Mm. Um, similarly, we used to um, send all of our customers paper invoices. We've now mm. 
an awful lot get electronic invoices and you know we email them out to them so yeah that's i guess in, in you know it's quite a bit of environmental sort of saving there and we're not destroying forests of paper although you'd hope also it's recyclable but um yeah and and think about we used to have photocopying in every office and, you know, I think at one stage we were trying to take all of those out and all of the printers out in a lot of offices. It's sort of the exception now for someone to to print or be allowed into a specific AD group to be able to print. You know, just well, print a PDF and have a look at it, you know, or mm. download it into Excel and then look at what you wanted to do in the reports in there, you know. So, mm. um, yeah, that's probably the biggest thing I was thinking, you know. So, um, I guess the other one is, you know, used to have, uh, everyone had a, a massive server room, which was air-conditioned, and it was all, mm. um, there were loads of racks of computers in there. Now it's all cloud-based, but all you're doing is passing that off to Google, and they've got some players, <laughs> which is, mm. you know, so it's just moving it somewhere else. But, you know, they are more powerful, so there'll be less of them, but they're still going to be, you know, chilled and what have you. Mm. They're all only just at home and stuff, but... Um, yeah, so there's that. Um, mm. But the speed of them, and when you empty offices out, and you go in, and there's always like, the IT room with like a graveyard of, of old tech in there. You know? mm. So what the um, you know it's useless, and every was it every five years they double, or every two years they double, or probably faster. Mm. Than um, what do you do with all the old equipment? I guess I mm. you're not allowed to landfill it now, technically, are you? But mm. um, we see these films where they ship out to India and they smash it with hammers and melting all the the metal in it. But um, yeah. you know, what does happen to it? Yeah, um, yeah, nothing good. I mean, like some of it can be sort of recovered and recycled, and I think yeah. more. We get gold out of them, I saw. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you can get more gold out of mobile phones now than you can out of mines. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I, I wanted to ask then. So sort of, I'm wondering how far back careers wise like in terms of payments, have you always been dealing with payments then? Uh, yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah, from both in and out, yes. So has it always been, has there always been an electronic element then in, in terms of your, like the work that you're doing with the payments? Um, like, have you always been paid electronically? I suppose no, there would have no, been some no, cash and uh, checks. No, so. in the diverse sort of big project I did here was um, was quite high tech at the time, was actually having a remittance coming uh, equipment in. So mm-hmm. an awful lot of people would, would pay us by checks. So, and then you had a bit like a credit card slip or invoice and then mm-hmm. he, they sent them all in and we had a team of people who would um, separate them off their advices and put them through a, a big scanner and then bundle them up a step before where we encoded them all and put since like a stamp on and sent them off to to the bank. Um, and they, they went off and cleared them all. Where we also scanned the remittances and then mm. so we could you know pay invoices one two to ten on their accounts and then you do that and then OCR'd them all and uh, corrected them and typed them in where it hadn't read them properly. So it was that was you know, quite advanced at the time. Um, mm. Over time, that's we still get a few checks in. But you know the, the number, both well, the business has got a lot smaller, and the amount of people sending checks in has got a lot smaller. Um, but we've uh, adapted that to um, deal with them, sending them us electronically. So instead of having a, 
what he did with the paper, you'd, you'd sort of scan it and turn it into a TIFF, whereas after they send you a TIFF, that's great. You just carry you miss out the first bit, and then it obviously asks that to, to get the information out of it. Because I, I remember when I started working, you know, getting paid in the little brown paper bag, working in a bar. And, uh, yeah, so, like, can you remember kind of moving, like, when you, when you first got paid electronically? We're always... I never actually got, well, apart from part-time jobs, um, but in the world of work, it always was sort of mm. by bank transfer into my bank. Mm. Yeah. So for most people, there seems to be like more and more as part of your work, getting involved in social media, either producing it yourself or, you know, ended up being in part of it or something to do with it, or even just on a networking basis or anything like that. Um how much time do you have to spend in your role uh, on social media or doing social media work? And is that time uh, a worthwhile investment for you? Does it give a good return? In in work, work um, probably none in the Torsons sort of involved in that. You, with our team, but, you know, because we do sort of an extension of that. They did have a, a Google Plus thing at work. Um, we just sort of dealt with the the chats really, you know, through mm. through that run and hangouts and uh, did them, but not not on a work sense per se. Obviously, mm. you know, you, you pick me up from social media, so on a more of a social sense, but not in a work sense really. Um, mm. I mean, all of our newspaper brands do have social media. Um, obviously, mm. the Yorkshire Post even post those guys who are um, both work ones of, of those accounts and um, the other sort of big area where they sort of got into. I mean, I mean, I don't know how involved uh, you are, but the um, it does have quite an impact in, in that. Um, you know, we had a James Richardson, you know, from the editor of the Yorkshire Post. He, um, mm. I mean, there were two sort of things which were sort of brought home the power of social media recently was during the election there was all the issue of the it leads the LGI where, yeah. whereby there was the, the boy on the floor sort of thing and mm-hmm. then the, the story and then there was the huge uh, to be fair Tory, Tory backs, backlash against it wasn't aware and there was a, mm-hmm. you know and he, he came out uh, basically calling it fake news and a liar and cancellous mm-hmm. which you know, it was a huge huge whipped up storm about it all. Um, and he, I see him give talks on it, you know, about social media and the impact it had and realising what it's, how damaging the power of it really, you know, so it's a two-edged sliver sword. So, yeah, so, you know, there's that aspect of which, you know, both his own personal account and on um, the Ultra Post corporate account. Um, mm. So that was one aspect. And had another recent <laughs> with quite vocal about um, Boris Johnson and leveling up and his trial mm. of the North and powerhouse, you know, so he's, you know, mm. he's quite sort of passionate on those things on, on both his personal and um, the Yorkshire Post account. Mm. Uh, so so he's, he's there. And then there are other examples where, I don't know whether that's a good or a bad thing, in, in that there was the guy who was, I forgot, Phil, oh, I don't know, but he was, he was synonymous for um, Phil Hay. He was from Phil, you know, he was synonymous with Leeds United because mm. uh, obviously he worked at the Evening Post and he was a football reporter. And mm. 
he was probably getting more hits personally than Leeds United's account. You know, so it's very mm. then um he eventually left and went off and joined the Atlantic. Um, you know, so that sort of made his name through through becoming Mr. Leeds United. Um mm. which is sort of dangerous too, I think, because did that generate traffic for even person? Did he make any money for even post? There's another obviously new people on after us, Liam Wobshaw does it all now. Um but the, you know that's uh, being a big city with a big football team, you know, there's that is a big driver of social media traffic and web traffic mm. to to our sites. But similarly mm. for Portsmouth and Sunderland and Preston and Blackpool and Sheffield Wednesday, Sheffield United, you know, so they are mm. big big drivers of traffic through our social media. Probably as much as the news, although it's been a very newsworthy few years since Brexit, really, hasn't it? Really? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that and, and also at the local level, you know, like there's yeah, it's it's not like it's all happening in one place. <laughs> no, no, no. Um yeah, and I suppose, yeah, I, I mean that's 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 interesting in terms of yeah, you really widen the scope for I suppose for the brand with you know, because there are fans of of football and you know, around the world, people are fans of football Absolutely, teams yeah. around the world. So yeah, 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 that really opens up lots of yep. space. But then in terms of revenue, well, I suppose then it's good, then it's to ads, isn't it? Or you know, sales funnels and so on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if there was a universal basic income, so if you were getting an allowance that paid, you know, enough so that you could live, um would it change your work? Like would you still work? Uh if you would still work, would you still be doing what you do now and if you'd still be doing what you do now would you do it differently yeah i suppose it's um my sort of well where i am now in my career it, it probably wouldn't change things would it have changed things earlier um i mean how do you think about getting the pension like yeah i'm not going to get a, a state one for a while unfortunately mm. to um well, I don't know who knows where the energy crisis <laughs> where mm. it's going, but um, yeah, um, yeah, it's a uh, um, so could be could be a tricky few years. Um, mm. Yeah, um, it, it would certainly help and take away some of the worries. Um, but I, I suppose the there's different aspects to it. Is one is um, touch wood. I've been lucky to have um, decent health through your career. Um, mm. If you know you. With the you know the the stories on there where average savings of, of people is two hundred quid or something, then mm. if you're ill, then it can be catastrophic, can't it? And mm. um, uh, you know, very early in your career, it was, it was two kids. Fortunately, they someone's got managed to get a job, but you know, it, it is very difficult. Um, and the choice is so expensive to live. Is that that would give you? I, I think it would, would certainly. May you know, um, people might make different choices. It's, it's trying mm. to trying to put it in the right words. In um, if you know your voice doesn't talk back on, then mm. perhaps people do um, something different than, than mm. more. And I mean that's it's a very different one in in the um, in the world of work is people, unfortunately, with education and where they come from, unless you know they happen to work for a um, a tradesman has a means. A lot of people don't really know what 
work is you know what it's like and it's changed so much than you know from your grandparents and, and you know people particularly now working from home you know people don't go into an office and they don't wear suits mm. and they don't go and work in a mill or something you know they, it has come mm. intense and you know the job I'm just leaving that wouldn't have even existed when I was 20 years ago you know the, mm. the world of IT is even the 15 years of working in IT is totally changed you know cloud mm. base you know, remote working was is well away from servers and <laughs> even thin clients and thick clients, you know, it, it's up to mobiles. Um, just that thing, you almost do your job. On, you're just using a mobile phone and a tablet now, you know. It you, you mm. doesn't really matter um, where you're based, you know, I've dialed in from, <laughs> this sounds dreadful, but I've dialed in and made a massive cock of, was on holiday from the beach in Italy somewhere. <laughs> um, shouldn't have to do that, but it's possible with what I'm saying mm. and that is how it's totally changed so in a way if you had that it's people would perhaps have a chance to experience things and, and and try things more without sort of being committed to making that plunge into a uh, and making a big career choice that you know, could possibly let it regret you know people do mm. I think um go forward I can't see I mean I've worked this firm for 25 years, I can't see that happening mm. for the next generation or even the generation behind me. Mm. I'm not going to work for somebody for 25 years mm. unless it's their own firm. You know, no, it's just there isn't that commitment from A from the employer. And, mm. you know, there's nothing really to be gained from it, really. I wouldn't have thought these days. Um, mm. um, difficult one. Did you have to pay for a lot of your sort of training? through the career? No, I was a lucky generation. Um, you know, got, um, the degree was completely unrelated, but that was, you could afford to do that, you know. Um, there was no, to, to, you know, fees. And you got a grant, though I didn't get a full grant, um, mm. but that's a work. But, you know, you went saddled with 50 grants worth of debt, you know, and, mm. um, and then I'm closing non-vocational courses, according uh, to Zunak. Um, mm. So it's a different world. Um, yeah. So, mm. um, uh, and then obviously the DCAT charges against the firm paid for, um, had to work whilst trying to be in the accountants and then I've had other training through work, but, but not sort of formal training as such, you know, mm. since then. But um, yeah, different, different now. Okay, so this this is going to be a strange one, obviously, because again, you know, you're you're winding down the amount of work that you're doing already. So, the question is, if there were, so you can change any three things about your work. So, what what would they be? So this is a difficult one. Mm. <laughs> so, winding down, what would they change? Um, I mean, you could think like you know, you could think retroactively, like across your career. I mean. Would there been anything particular that, or even like working from home earlier would have been better, or like anything you want, really? Yeah, I think that the you know the working from home was a bit of a revelation. Um, mm. Probably, of, yeah, probably have, have done that earlier. Um, difficult one, three things have changed really. Yeah, when um, in in one of the things that I might. It's one of the things in, in, I don't know. I mean, I've generally been 
<laughs> I've been I've sort of been been quite lucky in a way in, in that I've enjoyed what I've done. Um, mm. um, I mean, has it ever been like I'm, I'm not saying ever been, but you know, like you say, you, you've been quite happy. I mean, obviously, to stay in a place for 25 years and you've not had a, an urge to run off or like this is this I really want to do this or I'm saving up enough money to do this. So there's obviously something that's kept you there and kept you sort of happy in the in the role. Yeah, it's been uh, challenging, and in a way, sort of been a lot of big projects, a lot of change which you've had to do. And probably mm. at certain points, there were points where we were taken over for the first time, and it's some sort of things that you know the. It's one of those weird things in that as the company's got smaller and been taken over each. You know, the source bad news for somebody, but a lot of the time it's been sort of that I was sort of leading it and, and mm. just the ways of doing it and using um, technology to generate efficiencies. Um, but uh, at one point when that first stem, you know, they're probably in retrospect, you never know, um, not so, you know but what could happen. You know, I've been mm. successful at an house and I'm sitting in my own from office and retired early. But, you know, in the, some people who, who work with went off and got new jobs and, and ended up with, you know, on the face of it, earning much more money and being much more successful. But, you know, you, you do make other balances and um, I've not done that. Um, um, my brother as well, he spent a lot of time traveling around the world and doing consultancy mm. stuff. But, you know, he, he spent a lot of time away from his young children, but, which I didn't, you know, and... Um, you know, that I wouldn't change that at all. But, you know, if, if you know, will the world potentially could have been, if I'd taken that chance and there was that opportunity to, you know, the firm been taken over, move off and do something completely else, it could have been, even though it might have been disastrous, but, you know, that mm. was possibly a chance for could have done it and maybe been slightly less risk averse and gone off and done that. But, um, and, you it know, been you worse. Know, yeah, it could have been disastrous. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you never know, yeah. do you? So you, yeah. you just have to be grateful for the, the, the good bits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what was I going to say then? So, uh, yeah, it's like hours-wise then, I mean, how would you have felt doing a four-day week? Would that have been better for you? I mean, obviously, losing the commute was quite nice for you. Would it have been better to do sort of less hours? Do you feel you would have been... Do you get that idea? Do you buy into that idea of being more productive in a shorter amount of time? Or um, Not really in that... Um, I had some experience of that. Well, not directly, but, but my wife, she went down to three days. But... Mm -hmm. um, Maybe that's too much, and even four days. I think somewhere between those two is a sweet spot. In that she was doing four, mm. but basically she found out the the more or less being she went much longer as and there's almost having to do a full day's work in mm. four days, whereas mm. with three days it was a, a bit different. In that you know appreciated that you weren't in two days and that you know you could actually cut your workload. Whereas mm. with a four-day, people just tried to cram a five-day workload onto her in four days. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, but no, it, it is generally the, um, up until I've made the, the choice to go, you know, we've still been fantastically busy, you know, and a lot of big mm. projects have said, you know, and fairly recently just changed like the credit card 
Mm. People who took a process to all the credit card um, mm. receipts, they're like a massive project and reorganising all of the with the new company coming in now, they wanted to report things and reorganising, going now from something like seven to five and you know, then to four and you know different numbers of divisions and, mm. and to recode all the products and account codes and everything. So, you know, it's been a lot, a lot of work. It's, you know, it's, I don't think he was either interested by either taking the step and stepping away or, he, you know, I don't think I could have gone down to four days because, um, or, you know, or take VR or something because, you know, there is a big role there and it's, yeah, mm. do. In terms of your favourite parts of, of the job or, or, or of working, are you more sort of, project based are you like you, you like to get your teeth into something that's you know yeah, over a period of, yeah. I, I like those in in a you like to feel that you know you're doing provide some of them you know you're providing uh, efficiencies um mm. that, that was cool. I mean latterly obviously um sort of it has been I've enjoyed sort of um not quite mentoring my role it is in a way really in the we're able to um Restructure the team and being um, young most of the team in um, mm. and sort of be able to recruit them and then bring them through um, about three who, who've all sort of, you know, progressed massively in, in the role and then work with them to uh, help them um, sort of grow and expand and then they've all left and all got much better, you know, mm. got much better jobs out of it, you know. <laughs> You know, grateful and and um, you know been said nice things about it. They would say that when they're leaving, but you know, to mean they've all been you know enjoyed the time working in the team and and given that opportunity. So that's that's been good over the last few years. So um, yeah, I mean, have you seen that examples of people? Um, you know, because that just made me think of uh, there's a quote that I like of the you know uh, what if I train people and they leave. And the other side of it being, what if you don't and they stay? Um, yes. And like the idea that, so, you know, those people that were trained up, they've gone on to other things, potentially could come back to the organisation with a whole bunch of other new skills and things that they've learned and bring those into the organisation. Like, have you seen that sort of happen before? Um I got to press record. <laughs> so, so, so in a way, it was, was good in that it was a sort of good publicity internally. In that, yeah. um, one of the ways they bring people into the IT team is, is through apprenticeships, into, but then mm. just the general support team. Whereas, and then um, these guys have moved across from that into a, a more specialist finance support team, mm-hmm. which with much more, you know, rather than just being on a help desk and sort of. Really general problems out there in much more specialised problems and then mm. open them out to doing project work and other more specialist mm. skills, you know, SQL and other IT skills. So it was, you know, good publicity for me and the team and, and you know, with, with other movements, we've had two other recruits from there. Um, mm. So, you know, it, it, you know, just by the good words, really. So it, 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 it has worked in a way. So, yeah. So, mm. and, you know, in... in uh, in a way, in you know, it's better to have a happy team than people who are working because they have to and got to move on. And you said no, mm. it's, you know, it's their life. If you know, um, we've been looking in that way, you know, that 
if we can happy motivated people is better than not isn't it yeah, yeah absolutely yeah um and not well stressed but not too stressed you yeah because you do need a level of pressure and a level of stress i think yes yeah, um, but not too much yeah um it's not give them enough rope so they can hang themselves it's just mm. enough rope you know yeah mm. <laughs> um yeah and i suppose with your secondments i mean you've had that experience of sort of going to another place and seeing how it's done there and like you know things that you can bring to the new place or take back to the, the other place so um yeah i mean it's good to have that it's obviously like my work and you know, i've been you know i've done so many different jobs and like i've done a lot of temping so you know pretty much in different jobs in different years and you see inside so many companies and so many different ways of doing things and some people that do something very well and not other things not so well and yeah it's uh it's interesting to see that but i suppose over a, a long time in in one place like you say that it's those those moments of change that, that that stand out you know like the takeovers or the particularly big projects they're the things that because i i've stayed in one role i was there for like 10 years and it was an admin role and I felt like, because on the day-to-day, -day, I didn't really do much. You just did, you know, stuff on the computer. But then when you went and looked back over everything that you'd been involved with and projects and so on, it was like, Lo I've done loads actually, but it just didn't feel like that at the time. I mean, do you have a similar kind of, like when you think back, if you wrote down everything that you'd been involved with over time, I mean, would it just be a massive list that went on for ages? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I'm um, yeah, we, we occasionally meet up with people and reminisce and there's a few, you know, to other people and you just think, crikey, the, yeah, it's the cliche, isn't it? You've got to you write a book about this, you know, you've met some. But there's been, you know, um, I think the, the thing that really stands out is, is probably the people you meet and that's probably, um, it, it really is, you know, the, the, people sort of make the place and they can't make your life worth living or they can make it misery realism and mm. you had to work with but you know there have been some um good people and some you know bad people to work with you know really um horrendous people but you know generally it's the good people you remember really um mm. yeah definitely um yeah okay so i don't think i've got so there's other questions that um Kind of working on but i don't really want to throw them into the mix yet because uh, i haven't got them totally figured out uh, but i will do the thing of kind of throwing it over to you so if there's anything that you want to discuss uh or talk about anything that we've not covered now oh really no 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 so fairly open yeah yeah so um i mean just out of curiosity then so retirement wise like do you have any particular plans do you think you will take to not working or will you have to get involved in something um i don't so far it's all so fairly new um getting into it in, in that obviously we we moved house and just have the house and that's been did take up all the time but um yeah so doing other sort of sub projects as such but uh, whether they will so that's to be paid or not at the moment. Um, you probably put me up off Instagram there. So I've done, you know, quite 
relatively active on that, so I'm quite into the photography. Um, one of the pictures I've got is um, was selected for a local coffee house, and obviously publicity for them, but they have an exhibition, you know, they have a lot of entries, everyone put in, mm. free to put in your best photos of Leeds and wants to get one into there, which is opening next week. So mm. I've done a couple of photography courses. I've got another Zoom call tonight on, on that, but so I'm enjoying that. Um, do yeah, like that. So I've been interested in trying just by, just based on having the cameras is really just or lots of other photographs, but just based on you know photographs of leads. Um, mm. It's interesting. I try not to just do the you know, there's only so many photos of the town only can do. Try and do different stuff. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, general and the corn exchange. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. The exactly. Um, yeah, so that you know get a reasonable amount of. And that was I enjoying that and just working on photography skills and um, spend a bit of time on Twitter just um, with the stuff on there. Um, but uh, the original aim was um, you know, like everything, just go off and um, spend some time sort of traveling and relaxing. Um, but she also mm. cash with house move. But mm. yeah, yeah. Mm. I've got um, the sort of sports, I've got to watch a lot of football. Um, I'm doing some volunteering for the Rugby League World Cup. Um, okay. Which is, should do is postponed from last year, so it's back on in October, November. So I've got, I've got tickets for a lot of games in there and then doing the, the volunteering for that. Weirdly enough, it's the women's ones I've got offered over at York. So, but, you know, it's quite big, so it'll be interesting and give something back and let mm. me do a bit more of that so that goes. Um, mm. Yeah, so... Different things, a few sort of lectures and things. Mm. Just keep yourself busy, and yeah, yeah, keep yourself busy. It is different when it's so sunny and it's been nice. <laughs> it's not yeah, been winter when it's snowy and you can't really get out or anything. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. So when are you actually due to finish up then? Um, next February. Next February. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so, so you'll have well, yeah, yeah. It'll still be cold, but you know you'll have something to look forward to. Well, yeah, yeah. hopefully, look forward to, and it won't be just everything on fire. <laughs> no, no, yeah. Yeah. Thank you again to Richard for being my guest. Thanks again to all my guests, and thanks to you, Leeds, for being my subject. And of course, most of all, thank you to you, my dear listener. I do actually appreciate you listening, and I hope you got something out of working hours. And if so, that you come back for more of it. I know where to get it if you want it. If there's anything or anyone that you'd like to see on this show, or if you have any questions or queries for me, then drop me a message and I can answer it for you on the show if you'd like. Or bung us a donation and ask for a shout out, ask for a segment, make suggestions. I can take notes. I can also ignore them. If you like what I'm trying to do with this show and you've enjoyed some of these episodes, then why not get involved to make them that bit better? If you leave it all to me, it'll only stay crazy and it'll just get worse. You have to keep me in check. You can support Working Hours by becoming a monthly subscriber on Patreon or Ko-fi for as little as a pound a month, where there will be bonus content and behind-the-scenes info going up. Probably more mad rambly stuff, but hopefully you'll be able to feed into the show on there and help me to shape it as it goes along. Forward slash Working Hours pod on both of those donation sites to donate and subscribe. You'll find me. You know how the internet works. 
Any rando can donate to working hours via either PayPal or LibrePay. In fact, LibrePay, you can actually give support to working hours for like a penny a week. Can't be bothered checking the details on that. Go have a look on the website and let me know if I'm wrong. Hell, just say hello. That's fine. That's great. Send me an article on something and ask me to talk about it. Whatever. It'd be nice for other listeners to know there are more of their kind out there, would it not? I know there's some of you. Who are you? I don't know. Nor do you. You only know about you. You don't know about anyone else. If you have listened to the first episode, you will have heard my opinion on podcast host then. But I am one now, and this is the job. Talking shit. But this is what the interviews are for. To not have that. To listen to, to think about, to reflect on, to broaden and deepen your knowledge, to share experience and learning, and hopefully to entertain you as well. I want this show to be able to run off lots of small local donations, ideally, but I'll take whatever I can get for the show. I need the shows to be making about four or five hundred quid an episode to cover the time, the investment and the work I have and do put into these. Even when they're a bit rubbish technically sometimes, this would allow me to be compensated and allow me to invest in both marketing and in production improvements for the show. Perhaps it might even lead to someone being employed to help with making the show as well. That would be nice, as long as they enjoyed it and got paid enough as well. Pipe dreams aside, I would really, really like to increase the number of patrons I have right now from four to at least eight before the end of this war. Uh, sorry, did I say war? I mean this year. Ideally doubling the amount of £1 and £5 subscribers so that it can pay for the podcast hosting of this show just as an initial fundraising goal. I posted on the website the other day and shared it to LinkedIn and Twitter regarding my ambition to get out three episodes a week the next few weeks and how much being able to get at least £10 in additional donations to the show each time that I did that would really help me in doing that. If you can hear this, you can afford a tenner. And if you like it, I have done this 65 times now. That's got to be worth something, right? If you'd like me to make some greater effort towards improving the sound quality of this show before that time, then please help me get at least 70 or 80 quid in donations to cover the costs of a year of Zoom that I bought to save money and ensure, so long as the power and internet are still on, that I could keep recording the show over the next year spent the money while I had it kind of thing. If I can't cover that in donations, then I'm sticking with Zoom for financial efficiency. It may not be the best, but at least I can still make the podcast with it and without having to spend any more cash on that until next year. Anyway, thanks again for your patience with my nonsense and do return for the next episode. It will be worth it. I have a treat for you. I'm not telling you when it will drop or what it is because I don't want to make any promises I can't keep at the minute. Just keep your eyes peeled and listen out. I would also like to get at least one member on Kofi this year as well. Hell, let's go for three before Christmas. You can follow this show on Twitter at Working Hours 3 and on Instagram at Working Hours Pod Leads. Use the hashtag Working Hours Pod Leads to stay up to date on when new episodes are being released, to DM me with your questions, or most importantly, to get in touch if you'd like to be my guest on this show. Please do chuck in anything you can to help the show grow. Go to ko forward slash working hours and join me there for a pound a month. 
or you can make a one-off donation of whatever amount. Uh, you can also go to patreon.com forward slash working hours pod to support working hours again from as little as a pound a month. Why not be super awesome and join both? Do something new and something different. Remember to like, share, follow and subscribe to working hours. That's me. Cheers ears. Take care out there and be kind to each other leads. Working Hours is produced, recorded, edited and published by Simon Treen for Western Studios Leeds Limited. The music was The Bees from Chopin's Etudes, which is in the public domain and was taken from museopen.org. Please like Western Studios Leeds on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash western underscore studios underscore leads and on LinkedIn linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash western hyphen studios. Leads, are you considering taking the plunge into podcasts or audio content? Then think Western Studios for support, advice and guidance on getting it made. At Western Studios, you work with a real life learner who is actually in Leeds. Not a piece of software, not a course of articles or a series of live chats and video courses, but me, a person in physical place-based reality. If you want to work with me to make your podcast or any digital audio content in Leeds, whether it's for your own cause, your publicity campaigns, to promote your products, increase your sales, or just to create your own passion projects, then get in touch with me, Western Studios, now. Don't wade through vapid articles and videos and podcasts about how to make podcasts by disembodied virtual people on the web. Get on with making your podcast now, and then when it gets hard and expensive and it all goes wrong, which it will, then call Western Studios to make your podcast with you or even for you. Western Studios will take on your podcast boring, time-consuming and painful admin, recording, editing, transcription, whatever. Tell me about your podcasting pain points and I can make it all better for you. I feel your pain. For a charge, I will share it. Remember, podcast work is work. Leads businesses, leads campaigns, leads brands. Got an inkling that you'd like a podcast but don't know where to start? Contact Western Studios at makemypodcast at western-studios.com and we'll start making your podcast straight away. The first hour of arranged consultation and pre-production time is free. £25 an hour after that for editing, recording, production. I can also arrange hefty discounts for the right projects. So tell me your idea and your budget and I'll tell you what I can do for you. What do you have to lose? Time, that's what. Time is running out. The best time to make a podcast was 10 years ago. The second best time is right now. Writers in Yorkshire, what are you doing with your lives? Hopefully you're writing. Well, I know there are listeners out there who want to hear great original writing performed as audio content that is about and for and has been made in Leeds. How do I know this? because I'm one of them loiners what wants it. Help me make your old screenplays, unpublished novels, unperformed plays, stories, poems, and performances, whatever you got, baby, and make it as podcast content. Is your work arty, salacious, pulpy, strange? Good. Is it unfinished? Good. I can help you with that too. I can work with you to find actors, musicians, and voiceover artists and quickly realise your projects. I get practice making the shows and you get a finished, performed and published version of your writing. Save yourself the hassle and the headache of making your podcasts on your own by working with me instead.